Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author and research associate, Wise Counsel Research, Dennis Jaffe, Ph.D. His new book is Borrowed from Your Grandchildren, The Evolution of 100-Year Family Enterprises. Few family businesses are able to sustain themselves after the third generation. At this juncture, the family has become large and the dynamics more complex. It requires carefully navigating through internal and external challenges to remain cohesive. As a member of the sixth-generation old Hermes high-fashion enterprise said, you do not inherit the family business. You borrow it from your grandchildren. Dennis Jaffe, Ph.D., has been a leading architect of the field of family enterprise consulting and is an acclaimed speaker and workshop leader in in programs for business families and financial service firms. He's a family business scholar at the Smith Family Business Program at Cornell University, a faculty advisor at the Ultra High Net Worth Institute, and a regular contributor to Forbes Leadership Channel, reporting on cross-generational family business and wealth. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you here, Dennis. Thank you, Catherine. I'm delighted to be here. Well, you know, you illustrate and you talk about in your book and you uh, about the difficulties of keeping family businesses going, particularly after the third generation, all kinds of problems arise. We want to talk about that. But here again, we want to talk about it now. What is going to happen in the context of this COVID-19 trying to keep a family business together as businesses in general, non-family businesses are struggling to survive? Well, it, it's it's a challenge. I think everybody is going to um, have to, you know, kind of um, emerge and, and rethink their lives and who they are and what they do and how to fit into the world. Um, what I see um, with um, um, successful family businesses that have been together for one, two, three generations is that um, they've developed a, um, a capacity to uh, be resilient. Um, they've developed some things as a as a family to um, uh, to enable them to make decisions, to listen to each other, to get new ideas, to um, adapt in in new ways, and and um, uh, and and they 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 um, they kind of leverage the uh, um, the family relationships, the the comfort that they have with each other, the understanding to um, uh, really um, you know change quickly. And, um, and overcome the natural um, resistance that, that families have and everybody has to, you know, kind of really, you know, taking major changes and, and taking risks. Can we start, Dennis, like with the first generation? We're <clears throat> talking about the three generations. Like, you know, the mm-hmm. businesses, yeah, and, and t- go from generation to generation and what are, you know, what does get in the way you know, from the first generation to the second generation and why some families aren't resilient, can't adapt. And right. yeah, so start with the... Well, there's what, a common yeah. thing. So I, I was looking at, at families past the third generation, but I, um, uh, in the research, um, we interviewed a hundred of those families and uh, asked them to look back. So from the hundred successful families, they, um, they uh, were able to look back and say what happened in the first generation. And I, I think in family uh, businesses of all kinds, whether it's a small uh, restaurant or a small service firm or, um, you know, kind of a mom and pop shop of some sort uh, or 
has become a large and successful business, um, there's, a, there's a common challenge. And um, what I saw in the families that I studied is that the, the first generation does some wonderful things. Um, they, they, um, the, the first generation family leader starts a business, is tremendously successful, and uh, he, and it's usually he, um, at least in the study that I had, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, has a, um, uh, doesn't really intend to um, create great wealth, and, and the business kind of outstrips um, uh, all of the expectations, and um, the person becomes, um, is, is kind of um, what we call a kind of a, um, a stranger to the world of wealth that, that, that didn't expect to have wealth that came from a, um, a smaller um, family culture. And, um, and, and, and this person um, develops some habits and, and, and capabilities, um, you, know, to, um, uh, you know, to run a business. But um, unfortunately, um, the skills to run a business um, don't really extend to how to pass it on to the next generation. So, Can you give uh, us an example of those um, specific businesses? Because you said there are lots of different kinds of businesses. It's not just one business. Uh, give us an example of the first generation of, and as you say, it's probably usually a, man, a male, and they just, mm. out of creativity and running the business well, they suddenly become very wealthy. Do you have? Can you tell us specifically what those businesses are? And yeah. Well, the, the hundred businesses that, that I studied, um, uh, they're, they're all anonymous. It's a research study, and they opened up about their stories and their history. So I, 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 um, I can't, uh, you know, name them. But I can give you an example. A kind of a, a person um, sets up a business, and um, he doesn't. Um, he sets up a, um, um, a, a, a food, um, you know, kind of um, a, a restaurant. And, um, and then he uh, begins to, um, you know, bottle and, um, and uh, sell um, some of his food products and um, then sets up a factory and, um, uh, and uh, becomes more and more successful and uh, begins to sell to all kinds of businesses and, and grows and the, the distribution and the manufacturing business becomes huge. Now, uh, wealth creators have a number of qualities that, uh, that I... That I that are very common even all over the world. And, and the families I studied come from 20 countries. Um, wealth creators are, um, are in control. They're people that are risk takers. Um, they, they act quickly. They're resilient in, in their personal relationships, but they're, uh, they're used to doing things their own way. So, um, and, and they're, they're, um, uh, they're, they're, they're not very communicative and transparent. They, they're, they're, they find it hard to trust uh, people and, um, and their attitude towards their family is they want to take care of the next generation. They want to do things for them. They want to uh, help them. But the idea of uh, asking, uh, particularly their children as they grow up, to come into the business and to share decisions um, and, and to get, in, get involved together is hard. So the older generation, the first generation, has a, um, has a hard time uh, sharing and opening up to the family and, um, and sometimes they, they create what we call a paternalistic attitude where they set up um, trusts and they set up uh, um, uh, you know, mechanisms to take care of the next generation, but they don't think of the next generation as becoming their partners. So uh, in the families I studied, um, what I found is that the second or third generation had to um, take the initiative to create a, um, a family kind of a discussion family collaboration, working together 
and that, that this was something that the older generation, the first generation, didn't really understand. Uh, older generations say, well, I, I'm passing the business on. I'm looking for one person to take over the business. The next generation, um, sometimes even the, the wife of the business creator, says, wait a minute, it isn't about passing it on to one person. Um, there are a number of people in the family, and the, the people in the family marry people. So there are a number of candidates some are men, some are women, um, they have different skills, and uh, maybe we should let the next generation begin to create relationships and work together and figure out for themselves what they want to see for the next generation. So the older, um, the, the business founder wants to kind of make decisions and, 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 you know, kind of set things up, and the next generation is asking, we, we want to build a family together, we want to build communication, we want to be transparent, we want to begin to, um, you know, we, we, may, we may want to share leadership. Um, one family uh, in the study, the father wanted to set up a trust and name his son um, as the, the leader. Um, he was the, the uh, youngest of three, and he had two older sisters, and uh, they were actually working in the business. And he, his traditional view was, uh, well, my son should take over the business. Um, and he was planning on that, and the the, the, the three siblings got together and they said, you know what? We love each other. We work well together. We're going we're gonna to create our own um, leadership and we're going to share it. And they told the father, you know, who was planning on naming his son, well, um, you can do whatever you want, but we're going to all work together and we're going to share ownership and, um, and uh, we're going to create a team. And, and this is a kind of a dynamic of the next generation um, wanting to do um, res- wanting to do things differently and do things more openly and collaboratively and and, and this is um, one of the things that we see um, in family businesses is the next generation uh, wants to be more open and more team oriented and the uh, older generation wants to make decisions for them. So how many how many uh, I know you. I guess how many businesses are able to accomplish that to sort of that's a that's a big leap. I mean, and and it's really understandable, you know, hearing you the older generation usually not wanting to give up power, and even when they do, they do want to give it up to their son, usually not their daughters. Right. So, what people are businesses where they're able to do that? Um, those are the ones that do. I'm assuming are able to carry on the business and go down to the third generation and ones that don't right. do that don't so yeah what happens right so there, there's a saying shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves and three generations and, and and basically um reflecting the reality that that most family businesses don't last um across generations and so when we talk about the hundred year families that i studied that are into the past the third generation that's maybe one percent so what I wanted to do is, is uh, I wanted to do a study um, like the, the, the book uh, Built to Last, where I was looking at, I wanted to look at successful families and say, well, what did you do back in the first and second generation to set the foundation for reaching the third, fourth generation um, as you have? And um, very few families make it. And I think the reason is, is because they, they, they don't know how to, change themselves. Families are hard to change. The older generation um, doesn't really know what they, what they don't know. Um, so in the, in the fam, so I studied successful families 
and I asked them what they did, and I found out um, there were a number of, of things that these families did, the first one um, being that, that they, were, they were open and they shared information uh, across generations. Um, another thing that I found that, would, that was, um, uh, you know, that they connected to their success um, very, very consistently across all these families is that they, um, they felt that, that having some shared value, that getting together across generations and affirming a set of values, but also talking about what needed to change. So these families had clear values and they, um, uh, the other thing that these families did is they got together as a family, not just for the business, but uh, as a family. And they, they, they did what, they, what, they, what I call creating a great family. They um, developed, um, uh, they had mostly annual family meetings. They did things together as a family. The next generation of cousins got to know each other. And uh, basically, um, as the business grew, they also grew a family alongside it that was an active, engaged family. Because so when you they, talk they about an say, active, well, engaged family, I'm always curious as to that you're bringing in, obviously, other family members, not biological family members, but spouses, and then you have spouses, the issue. Right. Yeah, and that, I, I would assume, has an impact on how, how all of this works out or doesn't work out because they may be coming in with a whole different set of values or a different way of seeing things that influences one of the the other the children who are going to inherit or be a, uh, this next generation, this the businesses. Right. Well, families get quite large, and, and actually what I, um, you know, when we talk about a family, a hundred-year family, but it really isn't a family, it's really um, uh, sometimes 30, 40, even a hundred different uh, households, so they're extended families, and I, I call them tribes, um, because they're, they're like a tribe of people that get together, and uh, in order for them to work together and incorporate the different values, uh, which can be very diverse, they have to know each other and spend time together. They can't just, um, I, I think, being a family business, um, they have to, um, what, I, what I see these families doing is they have, they're not just about making money. It isn't just the family gets together to run a business and make a lot of money and everybody gets a check and everybody's happy. These families have um, what, um, what, what I call, um, non, they create non-financial value. So, for example, all of the families in my study had a social commitment, and they said, when well, we have made all this wealth, what do, what do we want to do with it? And, and part of the values is, what do we want to do in society? How do we want to give back? How do we want to help our community? Since very often they're the wealthiest family in the community, and they have a community leadership position. Um, they want to develop uh, education, and they want to develop a capable next generation, so they invest in education and mentoring and, and, and development of the next generation. And, um, and they want to do things together as a family. They sometimes travel. They sometimes have vacation homes. They sometimes uh, they do educational things together. Um, they, um, they have a, um, most of these families have an annual you know, two- or three-day family meeting where everybody gets together and um, they, they you really talk about everything about the family, not just how much money are we making and, and what, what's uh, happening in our business. 
I wanted to ask you because we, uh, we don't have that much time left. But I, yeah. I Dennis, because and I know you can't mention specifically yeah, right. or name these families, but maybe to give it some kind of a context, like take somebody like say Walmart, because that's a family business, right? And and that was started exactly. by what? Yeah. So give us how does it fit in? I mean, now I think they. How does that? Well, here sort of here, yeah. Yeah. You know, let's use a. We can use a public example like like Walmart. So Sam. Walton started it, um, and uh, he was successful beyond his wildest dreams, and he created a wonderful organization. And he has, I don't know how many kids, but um, he had some daughters and, um, and some sons, but as the business grew, he developed um, a cadre of non-family um, executives and, and, and leaders who work with the family. So um, uh, the family in the second, third generation um, wasn't primarily concerned with working in the business. Um, they were, um, they had tremendous wealth and, uh, they're looking at philanthropy and, um, and, and, and social impact. But the other um, challenges is all of the, the, this is the richest family probably in the world or one of them. And, uh, everybody in the second generation and now the third generation is growing up is, um, effectively inheriting hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, this, sounds to um, those of us who are not in that situation like this is a wonderful thing, but it's also a great responsibility. It, it isolates you. It scares you. It, um, it's kind of overwhelming. What do I do with my life? And um, these next generations um, have to, um, you know, begin to work together to say, what are we going to do? And um, they have a special situation that other families don't have, and they have to educate themselves and they have to talk about it and they have to um, look at uh, what do they want to do together and what do they want to do apart. So by the third generation now, um, there probably are a dozen, um, 10 or 20 people and um, they're all becoming adults. Um, They have to really work together as a family to define what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. And and this is a very, um, a, a very important task because if they just leave things as they are, People are going to be unprepared. People are going to be, um, are, are just not going to, um, you know, have a, a, a sense of what they're going to do with this fabulous wealth that, they, that they've come upon. Yeah. And, and you have bad. families and other family. Yeah. I'm we have a couple minutes left. We, that, we know, I wish we yeah. could go on oh, talking. Yeah. We only have a couple minutes left because it is yeah. fascinating. I, you know, yeah. I love the topic. I love the book. Yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously, you have a lot to say. So let's, uh, uh, you know, I want to <clears throat> borrow from your grand. Uh, I want the book borrowed from your grandchildren: the evolution of a hundred-year family enterprise. And uh, we've been talking to Dr. Janice Jaffe. Great book. Tell us where we can websites we can go to to buy the book. More information about you uh, and what you're doing, obviously. Well, I work um, with with families, and um, and I do um, uh, you know uh, um, I actually work um, uh, all over uh, the place uh, with families. Although that's changing, um, the book um, you can get it on Amazon. I wish I could say you can go to your local bookstore, but right now. Um, you can't. You can't. <laughs> and um, uh, my my website is dennisjaffe.com. And on the website, um, I have a bunch of articles. Um, I have a weekly uh, column um, that I do for, for Forbes and a number of things that you can download so that my website is a resource um, for people. And um, the book um, it tells the stories 
of these hundred families, um, what they did over the generations, how they evolved, and, um, and uh, what they're doing so that families can learn um, from their stories um, uh, and, and, and their, their personal, um, uh, you know, kind of journeys um, across the generations. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Lots of good information. I love it. Dennis Jaffe, um, thank you. Stay safe and healthy. Thank you very much. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 